the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God is in control of this world. And everything that is going on in this world is going according to His plan. And it's all leading to the day of the Lord which will culminate with the return of Jesus Christ and the establishment of His kingdom on the earth where He shall reign forever and ever as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Sometimes in a book or a movie, you just want to get past all the bad stuff and get to the ending where it hopefully resolves or makes everything else make sense. But it takes going through those difficult things to further appreciate the resolution. In today's teaching, Pastor Dan gets further into the details of what the day of the Lord means and what God's purpose is in bringing judgment to the world. But the story doesn't end in doom and gloom. When you turn to the next chapter of the story, there's hope. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Joel chapter 3 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Joel 3, verse 11. Assemble, God speaking to the nations. Assemble and come, all you nations, and gather together all around the armies of the world. God says, come on, gather together all the nations. And they're going to assemble at Armageddon. Revelation 16 tells us that. They assemble all the armies of the world. To go to battle against God and against God's people. At a place called Armageddon. Literally it means the hill of Megiddo. Which is in the Jezreel Valley in the northern part of Israel. Uh, And and Armageddon is really kind of like a staging place for the armies of the Antichrist. And the armies of the nations of the world. Kind of like how England was a staging place for the D-Day invasion. And here now, all the, are the armies of the nations of the world are going to gather together at the Valley of Armageddon, the Jezreel Valley, at the hill of Megiddo. Now, why is this significant? I'll tell you why. In the ancient times, Megiddo was the most strategically valuable city in all of the ancient Middle East because of its location. It was said conquering the city of Megiddo was like conquering a thousand cities. Whoever controlled Megiddo in the ancient world, listen, whoever controlled Megiddo in the ancient world controlled the world. It was that strategic. So if you controlled Megiddo, you controlled the world. And so it's fitting that the last battle will take place at Megiddo, at Armageddon. 
Because the final battle will be for control of the world. Who's going to be in control? Will God be in control? Or will man be in control? And it's been moving this direction where man has been rebelling against God, rebelling against God, and trying to throw off God's control, trying to throw off God's authority, putting God out. And it's all, it's all going to come to a head with this final showdown, this final battle. And that's what he's describing here, where God is saying, all right, let's do this. You want to fight? Get your army together. And we're going we're gonna to deal with this once and for all. We're going to settle this thing. Look at the end of verse 11. As the armies of the world gather at Armageddon, God's people pray, cause your mighty ones to go down there, O Lord. And it's at the battle of Armageddon when all of these armies are converging to go to war against God and go to war against God's people and lay siege to Jerusalem that Jesus will come down from heaven with his people who are with him in heaven. That will include us. That's going to include you and me. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we're the mighty ones who will come down out of heaven with the Lord. You might not feel too mighty. That's okay. Because Jesus is leading the charge here. Uh, Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 16. I'll just read it to you. Revelation 19, verses 11 to 16. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God and the armies in heaven. That's us. We're in heaven. The armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses If you've never ridden a horse, that's okay. You're going to be in your glorified body at this point. You'll handle it. Now, out of his mouth, listen, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. Jesus, white horse, robe dipped in blood, riding out of heaven. Armies of heaven are riding behind him. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. He's going to strike the nations down with just a word. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written king of kings and Lord of lords. Again, verse 11. Cause your mighty ones to go down there, O Lord. Look, all the armies of the world, they're assembling at Armageddon. Go down there and do something. Jude 1.14, behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints, that's us, to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. He's going to come and he's going to deal with all the ungodliness that's in this world. Second Thessalonians 2.8 says, Jesus will destroy the Antichrist with the breath of his mouth and with the brightness of his coming. This war will be over before it even begins. Again, look at what we've read here in chapter 3 from from God's point of view. Okay, gather an army. Prepare for war. Let's settle this. You want to fight? Get your army together. Get as many men as you can. 
You know, make weapons out of farm equipment. If that's all you got, let's go, let's do it. And Jesus is just going to wipe them out with the brightness of his coming. Look at verse 12. Let the nations be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, the valley of God's judgment. For there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Look at verse 13. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, go down, for the wine press is full, the vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. We just read about him treading the wine press. Revelation chapter 14, verse 14. Then I looked and behold a white cloud and on the cloud sat one like the son of man having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud thrust in your sickle and reap for the time has come for you to reap for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust his sickle on the earth and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven. He also having a sharp sickle and another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire. And he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle saying, thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city, and the blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridle for 1,600 furlongs. God's judgment is going to thrust in the sickle. He's going to judge the earth. Verse 14. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near. In the valley of decision. Now this this verse is is often used uh, uh, evangelistically. Sometimes you hear somebody use this verse to try to uh, compel people to put their trust in Christ for salvation. And they describe the people. You're in the valley of decision. You have to make a decision to put your trust in Christ and you're in the valley of decision. But the context of Joel is the exact opposite of that. People look at the verse. People are not deciding. God is the one making the decision here. God is the one making the decision of who will have eternal life and who will have eternal judgment. It's the valley of God's judgment. Now, of course, if you've put your trust in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and his resurrection, All of our sins have been forgiven. And we already have everlasting life. So we don't have to worry about this valley of decision. The decision's already been made for us that have trusted Christ. But here, at the end of the tribulation, when God is judging the nations, those nations are brought into the valley of decision where God makes a decision about them based on how they treated the Jewish people and their attitude towards Israel during the tribulation. Verse 15, the sun and the moon will grow dark and the stars will diminish their brightness uh, as a sign of God's judgment. We've seen this elsewhere in the Old Testament. We see it also in Matthew 25, Jesus in the Olivet Discourse describing the time of the tribulation. This is a sign of God's judgment. When the sun and moon grow dark, the stars diminish their brightness. 
Uh, you know, in Genesis chapter 1, when God created the sun and the moon and the stars, God said that they're for seasons, but he also said they're for signs. It says that in Genesis 1, that he created them for signs. There'll be a sign of God's judgment during the tribulation. Uh, Luke chapter 21, verses 25 and 26 Jesus said, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations. Think about how distressed nations are right now. And we're not in the tribulation. In the tribulation, the nations will really experience distress. On the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear. And the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. It's part of God's judgment. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Verse 16, The Lord also will roar from Zion and utter His voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and the earth will shake, but the Lord will be a shelter for His people. What a wonderful verse that is. Aren't you glad the Lord's your shelter? That you can take shelter in Him, refuge in Him. The Lord will be a shelter for his people and the strength of the children of Israel. The Lord will roar from Zion. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And when he returns, he'll rule and reign and set up his throne in Jerusalem. Verse 17. So you shall know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. And then Jerusalem shall be holy, and no alien shall ever pass through her again. Now notice in verse 17 that the name Lord is in all capital letters in your Bible. It means it's the name Jehovah or Yahweh. Yahweh, your God, will dwell in Zion in my holy mountain. Speaking of Jesus, Jesus is God. And he says, at that time, Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. And then when Jesus returns and he is dwelling in Jerusalem, then Jerusalem shall be holy. Now, right now, Jerusalem is not holy. In fact, in Luke chapter 21, verse 24, Jesus said, Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Uh, The times of the Gentiles refers to uh, Gentile control over Jerusalem. The times of the Gentiles began with the Babylonians in 586 BC when the Babylonians conquered Jerusalem and trampled Jerusalem. 
and the times of the Gentiles continue even to today. There are parts of Jerusalem that are still trampled underfoot by Gentiles. For example, the Temple Mount, where the temple to Yahweh once stood. That location is trampled under the foot of the Gentiles today. There is a Muslim shrine sitting in the location of where the temple to Yahweh once stood. And on that shrine, there are uh, Arabic writings that mock God. The Dome of the Rock is actually is created uh, in the same configuration, at least the dome part of it, as the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, where Jesus was crucified and resurrected. It's mocking Jesus Christ. It's mocking the crucifixion and resurrection by its very design. It has, it has writing on it that talks about how, how, how God did not have a son. It's mocking the Christians and the Jews. Jerusalem is trampled underfoot by the Gentiles. Even to this day. Uh, the last time we were there, we had a free afternoon. A group of us were walking through uh, part of Jerusalem, the, the Arab part, and a group of teenagers uh, passed by us, and uh, they made it clear that, that we were in Palestine and not in Israel, and that this, this belongs to the Palestinians and not the Jewish people. It's trampled underfoot by the Gentiles. We're, we're still living in this, this time of the Gentiles, where Jerusalem is trampled underfoot. But when Jesus Christ returns and establishes his throne in Mount Zion, then, verse 17, Jerusalem will be holy. It will be holy. And it says, And no alien shall ever pass through her again, meaning Jerusalem will never be invaded by a foreign nation again. Now, verse 18, verse 18 looks ahead to the kingdom age that will follow the tribulation period. If you remember up here, The kingdom age after the tribulation. When Jesus Christ returns, he establishes his kingdom. During the kingdom age, verse 18, it will come to pass in that day that the mountains of Israel shall drip with new wine. And the hills shall flow with milk. And all the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water. A fountain shall flow from the house of the Lord and water the valley of Acacia's. It's just, you know, it's it's speaking of the abundance here. Speaking of the abundance and blessing of the land during the kingdom age. Amos chapter 9, verse 13. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. The kingdom age. And it says here, all the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water. Right now, you go to Judah, you go to Israel, the brooks are dried up for most of the year, except in the rainy season in the winter, then they have flash floods. But otherwise, you see all these dried riverbeds everywhere. They're called wadis. See them all over the place. But during the kingdom age, they will flow with water. And a fountain shall flow from the house of the Lord. Ezekiel 47 describes this river that's going to flow out from the temple, flow out from the house of the Lord during the kingdom age. 
Zechariah 14.8 also describes it saying, In that day it shall be that living water shall flow from Jerusalem. Half of them toward the eastern sea and half of them toward the western sea. That would be the Dead Sea and the Mediterranean Sea. In both summer and winter it shall occur. Not just the rainy season in the winter. But this steady stream of living water, life-giving water. And as you read the description of it in Ezekiel 47... It gives life everywhere it goes. It even flows down to the Dead Sea and heals the waters of the Dead Sea so that there's life in the Dead Sea. And Ezekiel talks about how men will fish in the Dead Sea and spread their nets at En Gedi. All of this restoration, all of this healing that will take place during the kingdom age. And he's writing this. Remember, Joel is writing this to a people Their land is completely desolate because of this plague. They have no vegetation. But he's pointing out there's going to be the kingdom age. When Jesus Christ returns. And everything will be restored and everything will be healed. Egypt shall be a desolation and Edom a desolate wilderness because of violence against the people of Judah. For they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall abide forever. And Jerusalem from generation To generation, for I will acquit them of the guilt of bloodshed. Aren't you glad that God has acquitted us of our guilt through Jesus Christ? Whom I had not acquitted, for the Lord dwells in Zion. Here Joel looks ahead to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he shall dwell in Zion, in Jerusalem, and reign from Jerusalem over all the earth forever. And ever. This is such a good reminder to us that God is in control of this world. And everything that is going on in this world is going according to his plan. And it's all leading to the day of the Lord, which will culminate with the return of Jesus Christ and the establishment of his kingdom on the earth, where he shall reign forever and ever as the King of Kings. And Lord of Lords. You should start singing the hallelujah chorus at this point, right? King of Kings, Lord of Lords, hallelujah. And I say, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Set your heart on things above where Christ is. Not on the things of this earth. Set your heart on the hope that we have. Through the promises of God. That he will come. And he will make things right in this world. Remember at the very beginning, all of creation is groaning right now. Waiting for redemption. And one day Jesus Christ will come to this earth. And even creation will worship him. The mountains will sing. The trees will clap. The mountains will drip with wine. It's going to be glorious. And Lord, we thank you for these promises that we have, Lord. We thank you that you're coming back one day. And you're going to defeat all of the rebellion, all of the ungodliness, all of the wickedness in this world. And you're going to establish righteousness. And you're going to establish truth in this world. And you're going to reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you for this. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
If you're looking for a book that could inspire an end-of-the-world fame, Joel is the place to start. This book details what's called the Day of the Lord. Many fearful things are mentioned in this book, which is a prophecy of what's to come. Why does this book matter? Well, it's a reminder that God will judge the world and the people in it for unrepentant sin. But the positive side of this is that God wants to clean things up so He can make things new. Just like dirty laundry requires washing and even bleaching to get things clean, God will do a similar thing with the world, ridding it of sin. If you're puzzled by what you've heard today or are simply concerned by this book, we'd be happy to talk with you and help your understanding of what's written in the Bible. The number you can reach us at is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you listen to this series in the book of Joel. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. Pastor Dan will continue teaching through the book of Joel next time. But if you'd like to hear additional messages from this series, you can find them at calvaryec.com under the media tab. We're so glad you took the time to tune in to today's teaching, and we hope you'll continue to be a part of our listening audience here on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.